with time and with patience. Um, none of it is easy. And if I were to ever coach myself, uh, my younger self, I, if I had that opportunity, I would say like, it's more important to create your own style than to copy others, especially with the work that you publish. Welcome back to another episode of the 52 Stories Podcast. My name is Omer, at Omer and Wasim, and today I'm joined by Cole Hilton, at Hilti. He's a photographer that you probably know pretty well if you're a photographer yourself. What's up, bro? What up, man? Good to be here. So how are, how are you doing? I am uh, doing pretty well. Um, it's been insanely busy and super hectic uh, just with this whole year, but... Uh, I don't know. I've just been kind of like reeling and trying to figure everything out and like figure out my creative process and my work, what I do to make money and what I don't do to make money and what makes me happy and stuff like that and try to process it all together into a reasonable uh, lifestyle. But um, yeah, I don't know. Things are going well, I'd say relatively positive enough. It's awesome. You know, yeah, you're getting into those existential like life questions right there. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess to start us off, let's start off easy. How did you get into photography? Oh, man. I wish that was an easy question. Uh, so <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay, so I've been shooting for th- four years. Um, I have always been around cameras and was interested in them. My dad was a film photographer for like over 20 years. Oh, wow. um, but I never like fully committed to it. Um, so I always had just like a shitty like Nikon D3400. I started uh, like, on that. Exactly, right? Uh, it's a good little, little kit lens and, you know, shooting this, shooting that every once in a while, but never fully committed to it until I, uh, I when I graduated um, college, I uh, <clears throat> took a job in Italy. And that job required me to be outside uh, handing out pamphlets to other students that were studying abroad in that, um, in Florence. And when we arrived, they were like, oh, yeah, so actually handing out pamphlets is illegal. And I was like, oh, okay. So my whole job is illegal. And like, I'm here on this like weird non, I'm like technically in the country illegally. Like I can be there for like a month, but I can't. And so I was just like, this is all super sketchy. I got to find another way to make money because I don't want to leave. You know, I left school. Like I, I got to do this. So uh, they required us <clears throat> for whatever reason. The company was like, yeah, you guys have to be outside uh, from like 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. You can come back for lunch for one hour. So you can't just be kicking it in the apartment all the day. You got to be like trying to canvas the city and reach out to students. And I tried they doing knew that. It was illegal. Yeah. And they knew it was illegal. And when they brought us in for like, you know, it was our first day uh, back in Italy. And I'd been to Italy for some relatively familiar with it but uh they brought us back in and they were like all right so just let you guys know pamphleting is illegal uh but you guys wouldn't come if we had told you that and we're like okay and so i just wasn't cool with that and uh anyway um a couple of my friends got arrested pamphleting and i was like it's not worth getting arrested in a foreign country doing something that doesn't actually make me that much money and is kind of shady to begin with um So I just took the opportunity and any savings I had and I <clears throat> just walked around the city and started shooting just to pass the time because um, I had my camera. So I'd shoot friends and like 
just shot anything and everything lifestyle around the city. Um, and that's when I started getting relatively well connected with um, restaurants, uh, cafes, bistros, uh, different stuff. And I started shooting plates of food and doing some social media for them. Um, and we went on a trip to Lake Cinque Terre and I went and shot a bunch of landscape stuff there and got all pumped on it. And then I think after like six, six or months or so, I was in Italy there illegally. I had to kind of sneak out through Germany. Um, I came back <laughs> and I was broke and I had camera and I had this utmost passion that I didn't want to do what I had majored in school because I was just a little bit burnt out from it. I was mm. I went to design school. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to make it as a full-time photographer. And uh, I just lived at my parents' house and started shooting um, like anything and everything I could, trying to make a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there. I was charging not enough for shoots, and I was garbage and didn't have the right gear. And I uh, slowly struggled my way through um, pretty much just like – doing like these huge plunges of like all the money I had was going to go into a new lens. All the money I had was going to go into a new camera body until I got to the point where I knew that the equipment that I had was equivalent to the level of quality of work I always wanted to create. It's, it's when you start shooting, you're like, okay, I want to shoot it exactly like this. And then you can't because you lack the technical skill and the equipment in order to do so. And there's something super frustrating about that. And if you Definitely. don't, yeah, it's like if you don't have the patience to do that, then you just kind of give up. And I think a lot of people give up on photography really quickly, um, which is fine because it's honestly incredibly saturated as is. But uh, <laughs> I stuck with it long enough to get to a point where um, I was happy with the work I'm creating and, and still creating. And I've put myself in a position in which I can um, – you know, continue to, to create the things I want and push myself and, and learn more each day. So it's been, it's been an interesting um, process and story thus far. That's okay. That's like wild. I, you know, I, I don't know what I'm expecting of people's backstories when they come into the episode, but almost yeah. every time it's like nothing what I expected. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I guess to, to kind of chop that story up a little bit. So you mentioned that you were in Italy doing a job um, mm. and it wasn't related at all to your, your like, your major in, in school? Yeah. So my major in school, <clears throat> I went to Washington State University and I graduated in interior design. Um, I was the only guy that did it. That's also a funny story, but maybe for another podcast. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and I love interior design, but it's like, it's like one of the hardest majors, weirdly enough. It's on, it's almost on par with architecture. It's incredibly difficult. It's draining and it is creative, but it's just like, I just, it burnt me out super long hours and yeah i didn't i didn't want to have anything to do with it for at least like two years after school i was just like done with it <laughs> yeah. that makes sense and then so how did you like how did you end up in italy like what was the company like how did they find you or you know uh i mean i might get sued for this but i'm just gonna say their name so this okay. company's name is uh they're called smart trips um and so i studied abroad in florence and i met these super awesome girls that worked for that company and they were like, yeah, we just live here and we have a dope ass apartment. We hang out with that everyone. And we basically just get paid to like party and hang out with other students and then go on these weekend trips to like Croatia and like Greece. And I mean, they're just doing like this awesome stuff. Like it sounds like what influencers do now. 
Right. Uh, it's like, it sounds really great. And then you actually do it and you're like, oh, so I'm pretty much just like whoring myself out to these kids to buy trips for me. And that's rough. And it's just awkward. Like, I, I'm not a salesperson. I can sell myself, but I can't sell something, something else. else. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how the job uh, came about. But I wouldn't change it for anything, man. I, I learned a lot just being there and being uncomfortable has taught me far more than being comfortable has ever taught me anything. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, and then, so what's the timeline? So like, how long were you in, in Italy for? And then like relative to your photography, like I think you said three years. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, three years is a guess. I don't know. I'd say I graduated 22. I'm 26 now. So like three to four years I've been shooting. It was really, I only started shooting after college and I was in Italy for six months, something like that. I always forget uh, the timelines all over the place, but like I fully was living there. Like I had like a girlfriend and I was like an apartment and I would like became like a temporary citizen, which was really cool. And uh, I think eventually I'd like to go back and kind of, do that all over again that makes sense yeah. yeah so then how do you go from like you know you you come back i think to washington right or was it seattle uh, uh right back to washington right yeah. back to washington um and you're like okay i'm gonna get into photography i guess like full-time you know you're putting all your money into the uh into lenses and stuff how did you go from that to like okay now i'm like a travel photographer on instagram with like an actual following and like i go all over the place uh with time and with patience um none of it is easy and if i would ever coach myself uh, my younger self i if i had that opportunity i would say like it's more important to create your own style than to copy others especially with the work that you publish Definitely. like no one wants to people the weird thing about social media especially if that's your main like um outlet for publishing your own work is that uh, people want to expect the work that you produce. They don't want to be like, oh, wow, they tried something different here. That's uh, as much as we'd like to think that's what it is. It's not. So you have to find this kind of gray area, this comfort zone between giving the people what they want, but also having your own style, which is incredibly difficult to do in such a saturated market. Um, so I think I would tell myself to really get good at well i don't know i kind of liked how i did it because what i what i plan to do is i i had a little bit of money and i was working part-time at like grocery store or here or there just you know have a little bit of income and i said i'm gonna take a year to really learn photography so i split that year into the three uh, types of photography that i wanted to get good at um because there's nothing I hated more than a photographer who could only shoot landscapes or only shoot people. It just seems so boring and flat. Like, right. I agree. A director of movies that can only shoot one style of film isn't very, they're not going to get a lot of work. Um, Definitely. So I focused on portraits, lifestyle and landscape. And uh, at the end of that year, I felt that I had my own style, how I wanted to shoot images, but I wasn't able to execute it. Um, because I was pushing myself enough and I didn't have the correct gear. So, okay. yeah. So eventually, I mean, I just, I mean, I ate rice every day and like really like went bare bones on budget. And eventually I found a design job because I needed a more consistent income. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I found a design job and all of that 
the, my first couple of paychecks went into buying an Icon D850 and slowly starting to build up my kit that I have now, which is over nine lenses, uh, tripods, monopods, attachments, 2x converters. Okay. Yeah, like the Any, whole, like the whole. Thing. Yeah, like I, I don't. I think like. I, I, it always bugs me when a photographer is like, yeah, I just shoot everything on a 24 It's like, cool. Like, all right. I mean, that's a great lens. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but every lens has like its own effect and can create its own um, kind of world within it. So if you're just limiting yourself to one lens, it's like seeing, th- you know, things through in, in only one way. It just, it's very limiting. And I don't like that. The whole point of photography is to feel... Uh, like you're expanding your horizons and expanding your creative uh, concepts. So yeah, built up a lot of lenses and was poor most of the time because it's, it just costs so much money and um, you know, only the top 1% of the 1% of photographers make enough money to live. It's just not uh, like, if you want to get into photography to make money, you're not going into the right thing. It's like, for sure. It's, it's tricky. It's rough. Yeah. It's like, you know, I always tell people have it be your side hustle, but treat it as your main hustle. Like you, you shouldn't rely on anything that you absolutely love because it can take away your love for that thing. When money comes into it, you depend on it in order to pay your rent. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, I've done enough creative work and I've shot enough and I did freelance work for four months when I quit my job like six months ago and it was brutal. I mean, it's hard to, you have to have a lot of hookups. Even if you're a great photographer and you know a lot of people, you have to pretty much just be working with people all the time. It's incredibly difficult to make it as a photographer. And I'm in Seattle and this is like the, this is like the networking place for all that. So yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that brings up a lot of questions, I think, um, from that, from that story. Um, I guess the first one is, I guess, are you like, are you in a position now where you're sustainable from your photography or do you still, you know, think that for a while you're going to continue like other, other jobs just to keep, you know, keep it, uh, keep it stable? Um, I don't know if the final, you know, plan is to be a full-time photographer because most of the people that I know that are full-time photographers aren't that happy because they're being paid to shoot something that they're not actually interested in. Yeah. It's like, you're just doing commissions all the time because you're, they're incredibly good at selling yourself, which I have met those people that make five to $10,000 a job and they do six jobs a year. And it's just like, boom, they've made their nut. They're good on taxes. They can live a nice, healthy life. They can travel. And they're good to go. Or there's the people that don't know how to market themselves and have to work 30 to 40 jobs a year. And most of the time, 90% of the time, they're shooting shit that they could not care less about. And I think that slowly kills it for them. Um, So like currently right now, I started my own company about three months ago. So I own a design firm and I do high-end design in the Seattle area uh, with a partner that I met at my last job. Um, So... We have like six ongoing projects and a couple more coming in. So I get to just be a designer that works remotely. So I never have to go to the site. Like I got invited to move to Georgia, uh, like uh, Eastern Europe, Georgia, uh, like last week. And um, so I have a friend who has a house out there and I was like, yeah, I mean, I could go do that. I could just live on a vineyard and 
go skiing in the Caucasus Mountains and do my design work at night. So I think it's more so about like setting yourself up for success so that you can do the things that you want to do, not so much support yourself off of that. There's this pipe dream where they see, and it's, it's completely fueled by influencers because influencers, the only life you're seeing, and of course everyone says this, is like the highlights of their life. And if you saw the highlights of my life, you'd be like, damn, this guy's got a hella cool ass life. It's not all that cool. Like it's, you're seeing what I want you to see. Um, and I think it's more so about being happy off camera as you are on camera. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, depending on the thing that you love to do most hiking and photography to pay your bills, it's just like, man, that's a never ending pursuit. Yeah. I don't think anyone's ever going to be fully happy. Like Quentin Tarantino's happy because he's made it to the point in which he can film whatever the hell he wants and he gets paid buku bucks for it. But like no one I know is doing exactly what they want and people are paying them for it. It just doesn't happen. You have to work so hard in order to get there. So I think create your own life and put the your most fun things, you know, the things, your hobbies um, off to the side. And if you make money from them, you make money from them. Wow, that's... That's deep. You know, I hear a lot of, a lot, especially because, you know, like photographers are very artistic, you know, they're very like inspirational. Like that's part of, I feel like that's just part of it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of them, you'll hear them say like, yeah, my, my goal is like, I want to do this full time. I want to be the quote is, you know, I want to get paid to do what I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then a lot of the stuff you get paid for just isn't the stuff you want to be doing, at least from what I've, you know, from what I've seen. The next, the next kind of question I have about what you were saying earlier is, you know, you were mentioning how your gear didn't like reach, didn't allow you to make the kind of content that you wanted to make, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, it's like the age-old question in photography of, does your gear matter? Like, does your gear doesn't matter? Your gear does matter. Um, I personally know, like, yeah, I think I don't know if you know him, like Siberian Vogue. He's he does like incredible photography just off of his iPhone. But then I also know, like. If you just go on TikTok, like you'll see people shooting with like a compressed lens or like f one point four, and all the comments are just like talking about the camera quality instead of like the actual um, video. So I guess mm-hmm. what's your kind of take on gear versus creativity, or you know, like how much does gear matter? I mean, gear matters. It's 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 the, it's one of the only things that matters. It's fifty percent of it. I mean, you have to have the technical skill in order to keep up with the gear that you own right? You're only going to be as good as your gear. And the people that are like, oh, I'm an iPhone photographer. They're never, ever, ever going to be as good as the person who has the technical skill to shoot on higher grade cameras. Like an iPhone, I mean, at least not now, cannot shoot at the same quality as a DSLR. It just can't. It's impossible. Like you need that depth of field. You need attached lenses. We're not at the point in that we have technology that you can have a phone that you know you can call someone on and also take like an absolute banger with dynamic lighting. It just doesn't happen. Um, right. When we get to that point, I don't know. I'm shit out of luck, but um, I don't know. Gear definitely matters. I mean, I I wasn't happy with any of my work until I got my 850, and the 850 is an absolute honker of a camera. I love that thing. It shoots insane photos. It shoots great cinematic video. It does. I've never been disappointed with any part of that camera. Um, I don't know. I was upgrading and constantly changing my gear out and getting new lenses and all this stuff. And then like two years ago, I just stopped because I had everything I needed. 
So I think like get to that point where you're satisfied with the work and you know you can only get a little bit better with what you have before you say the gear doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I know you said that you started with your D3400, which is the same camera I actually started on. And I tell the story to anyone who listened. We were at a, a photography meetup in February. Um, I was with, I think you know some of them, like Amog and Selm Shots. And mm. we were all at, at Shark Fin Cove and we were taking photos. And I, you, you probably realize that the color science on the D3400, is just, it's just not it. It's not great. Yeah, no, it's and not so it was golden hour. And, I, and I'm looking at the, uh, the, cam- the photos that they're taking on their like uh, a Z6 and like a, a 6D. And it's mm. like, you know, it's golden. It's exposed perfectly. And then they look at the, the photo that I took. And everyone says at the same time, why is it so gray? And like, bro, it was my first time at a photography meetup. It was a horrible um, and like, I think one month later, I was like, all right, screw it. And I bought an ADD, uh, a Canon ADD and like I upgraded my lenses. And yeah, it's great. It's been great now. Mm-hmm. Um, but your, your kit specifically, you know, you're at a point where you feel like you don't need to upgrade anymore. So mm-hmm. I guess what is that kit? Oh man. All right. It's extensive. So I have a Nikon D850, um, that almost permanently has a, uh, uh, 850 kit, uh, battery attachment. So for easier vertical shooting. Uh, okay. So I've got that. I've got a 1635 4G, um, which is an incredibly sharp Nikkor lens. Uh, it's a big uh, landscape lens uh, for wide upfront scenes. Um, just incredibly sharp. Um, so I love that lens. And then I do. I have a 24728, uh, which is also Nikkor. Uh, it's the Mark One version. Incredibly sharp. Good for lifestyle. Um, kind of an all-around lens. So if I'm packing light or doing like a four or five-day multi-day backpacking trip, I'll probably just bring that lens because, I mean, my entire kit with all my camera stuff is probably 75 pounds, um, like if I were to bring everything. So, yeah. we, you know, when you're living off your pack, you can't you can't really not, do no. that. Um, so I got the 2470 2.8. I have a 70-200 done by Sigma. Love Sigma glass. Can't preach them enough. Uh, the 20mm 1.4, 24mm 1.4, both Sigma. 35mm Tamron 1.8. 85mm uh, PC EDM, which is a tilt shift lens for cinematic shit. Um, that was actually sent to me on accident. So I bought, I tried to buy a used 85mm and they sent me like a $2,000 PCE. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I got that guy, which is sick. Um, the colors on it aren't exactly what I would like them to be. It's very hard to edit. But for, like, for cinematic stuff, it's fantastic. So, I bet. Um, so I've got that lens. And then my big old honker, my love and joy, probably my most used lens is my 150-600mm 5.6-6.3. Uh, and then I have a 2x converter on top of that, so I can shoot a 1200 technical. Because um, like compression and layering and everything is incredibly important in my work. Scale is is, is yeah. pretty much all I'm looking for. Um, scale and kind of a cinematic feel to to my work, while also still shooting vertically. Um, so yeah, that's the kit lens. And then I also have a drone. I've got a Mavic Mark One. I, I have a Mavic Air Two, which is Dope. If you're looking, oh wait, yeah, Mavic Air, Mavic Air. There's so many Mavics. I have a Mavic Air two, which yeah, shoots in 120. Sick. So sick. And it's for like so 600 clean. bucks, it's dope. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, 
I do a lot of pick stitching in that with 48 megapixel files and do a couple stacks and stuff like that. So it's great for scale and like huge scene stuff, HDR in it's nuts. Um, then I have an Osmo pocket Mark one, which is also pretty great just for shooting like quick commercial work and like stories and random stuff like that. Okay. Um, so you shoot your, you shoot your stories like externally, like, like not on, or like with an actual stabilizer or, uh, it depends. Like sometimes I will, it's, I don't know, it's tricky. Like you have to connect it. You have to do the whole thing. Yeah, I haven't yeah, figured that's what I was asking. Um, like I think I eventually want to upgrade to an 11 or a 12 because I have a 10 R, which is a piece of crap like this. It, there's no internal stabilization. So I'm like stumbling around with this, like trying to shoot these like scenes in a forest and want it to look at least a little smooth and it's just impossible. So, um, yeah, normally I will stabilize if I'm trying to shoot something cinematic or I just shoot it vertically on my 850 because the files can be processed from right from my 850 right into my phone. Um, so yeah, that is the entire kit and it fits in a single peak design bag. Wait, the whole thing fits in one peak design? Yeah, I have to pack it a certain way, but I actually have it right here. Let's see if I can pull this bag out. Oh, so just this bag carries everything. Shoot. But the lens bag for my 150-600 is this. Okay, so you have like a separate, uh, for the audio, for the people listening on audio, it's one backpack and then like a really chunky external bag for his like long telephoto lens. Yeah, so like what I'll do, because a lot of my work is done from like backpacking trips. So yeah. my normal backpacking pack, because I don't, I don't really buy any like lightweight stuff. I don't mind the challenge. It's probably around 60 pounds just for like tent, food, like all that gear. And then I have an additional probably 30 to 40 pounds. Sorry, it's about 40 pounds for the backpack and another 30, 40 pounds for all my camera gear. Um, and then while I hike, I have my camera clipped to my strap, um, which is also done by Peak Design. And then I actually wear a utility belt so that all of my lenses are looped into my belt so I can quickly cycle them out because I'm constantly wow. changing lenses. Right. Yeah. So that is the setup. It's very dad photographer, but it produces the work I want to. So it does bother me. That's awesome. No, I think, wow, your kit's like... I feel like your kit is like one of those like dream kits for anyone who's just starting to get into photography and they're like, I want this focal length. I want this focal length. And then oh, I yeah. need like every, like basically everything covered. Um, <laughs> I know you have a lot of like, you know, you mentioned it, you do a lot of backpacking. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I like to ask, cause I've also gone backpacking the first, I feel like the first trip, you always have some like horrible memory from your first backpacking trip. Mm -hmm. Is that the case for you? Um, I don't, I don't think I can remember anything. I've had bad times right? that in the moment, the thing is, is like, if you're really meant to be outdoors doing backpacking and, and being in nature, the bad times are actually some of the best times you'll have out there. For like sure. my fondest memories are being like absolutely miserable in the enchantment core with a couple of my buddies and a flash flood came in and literally like swept us off the mountain. And we had to hike, I think it was like 22 miles that day. And we slept for like four hours and we were hung over in the morning and then it started pouring rain and we didn't get to shoot anything. And then we had to like make sure none of our equipment got destroyed. And we went back to Wenatchee, hung out there for two days and then went back and through hiked it. And then a blizzard came in. So I was just up there like 
ripping around. I dislocated my shoulder, um, which was I've done that too many times, but <laughs> not always backpacking. But I dislocated my shoulder, and that was rough. And yeah, we got pretty much blown down the mountain by a blizzard. So there was like I think it was like 25, 30 mile an hour winds. It snowed like eight inches in an hour. Um, but we got crazy conditions to shoot in because like when you're in the clouds and they're moving that fast, you just get these incredibly like dynamic scenes. Like that's when you want to shoot. So I was like, my buddy was like, dude, we got to go. And I was like, I'm not leaving. Like, I don't care if I die. Like, I'm not going to not shoot this. Like it's nasty. So, um, those are good times. I mean, you struggle and it's miserable and you're soaking wet and you're tired. And in the moment you're like, I fucking hate my life. And then like a week later, you're like, this is like the greatest thing ever. Like those are like some of my fondest members. So no, I don't necessarily have like a like a bad first memory. I'm sure other people do, but I've been backpacking since I was a kid, so I grew up kind of doing that. Yeah, I feel yeah. it. So you know, I think one of the, the things I'm always curious about um, is as photographers slash filmmakers, you know, people go out and they and they they get the shots that they that they were planning on getting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, with the DSLRs with your with that whatever gear. But do you? care much about capturing like the actual you know like the fun times with your friends or like you know like the people sitting around the campfire on like your iphone versus like you know not like high production quality or like high quality like photos but more about like you know something like you'd seen on a disposable camera Mm, i mean maybe i it doesn't like photography for me has to be i have to have control over it like it have to, well, not necessarily control, like, well, that's why I like shooting landscapes because you can't control the conditions that you get. Right. So it's very humbling and I need to help hold myself accountable for like, if I mess up a shoot, it's my fault. It's not someone else's fault. So as soon as you start involving other people, I really respect that when photographers or even video people are like, oh, I'm just going to bring out a couple friends and film. It's like, damn, that sucks. Cause if someone is not doing their job well, you're just like, it's your fault, but you can't say that. Like, it's rough. So I don't like depending on other people for that. And when I'm out with friends, we're just having a fire and kicking it. My phone is off. My camera's away. Like, I'm just I'm just there in the moment. And uh, I don't know. That's the way I like it. And I even like, I'm that guy who gets on other people's cases when they're just like constantly filming like everything. It's like, there's a time and a place. Like, right when we get to a campsite, film it, do a little video. But like be in the moment, like really be there. And I think that's like something you also learn in age. Like when I was young, I was filming everything and I was like, everything had to be grammable and all that stupid shit. Like you just realize that like no one cares, like no one really cares. And like, it's good to capture moments, especially because you can look back and like see them. And like, I'll stay up on my phone sometimes and just like look back at past videos and stuff like that. But try to be off of it and just like in the moment, I think that's a little bit more valuable. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah um interesting so i guess another another thing we kind of touched upon at the start was you know you're telling me how you're kind of going through that like existential questions is what i called it like you know what's making you happy and and i guess kind of more introspective questions uh would you consider yourself like an introspective guy yeah probably i mean yeah yeah definitely yeah what's been on your mind recently um i think like recently it's just been like what truly like when have i been at my happiest and again it always comes back to like like when i'm uncomfortable 
is actually like in the moment it's kind of rough but like after that i just get this like flurry of like feeling really good it's like an adrenaline rush and, and like a social situation or something like that so i think it's always about uh kind of challenging myself and making sure i'm uncomfortable like i'm not too comfortable all the time so i think that's kind of what i've been thinking about it's like putting keep putting myself out there keep challenging myself because that's when i'm happiest um, and also just like keeping busy, like having long days where you wake up at seven and you knock out all your design work and then you go on a run and then you meet up with this person, you have a call and you do a podcast, like fill your days with things, like make each day memorable because if you just sit around watching TV all day, like you're not going to remember that. And like, who cares? Like the one thing I do regret from my childhood is like, I sat around and watched TV and played video games too much. Like I didn't get anything out of that. It's like, I wish I played outside more and like hung out with my dad and like hung out with friends and went to the park more. Like, I don't, I never go, oh man, I just wish I could go back and play video games. So that's kind of like, I don't know, what I'm thinking about recently is just like, what makes me absolute, like the most happy that I can be. Interesting. Hmm. What's your opinion on like, you know, the whole, like the hedonic treadmill, the idea that you're never actually going to be like, if you tell yourself I'm going to be happy, you're not going to be happy. The hedonic does that come from like hedonism or something i have no idea so the concept for the hedonic treadmill is at some point no matter what good or bad fortune comes to your life you're gonna revert to like a set level of happiness like if you win the lottery two months three months later you'll still be as sad or as happy as you were before you won the lottery and if you break your legs in five to six months you're gonna be as happy or sad as you were before you broke your legs maybe with additional challenges but your happiness levels are gonna stay the same because you know all humans adapt kind of like an ongoing wave it's like traffic right like traffic yeah, is, a good is meant to be like this fluid ongoing thing if it goes perfectly but people are stupid it's never going to go perfectly one person's bad day messes up all the people behind them so you have this constant stop and ebb and flow of traffic and that also applies to life right like one wave comes and you get to your peak and then you come back down to your, your constant i think where people struggle is they don't find enough things to constantly have waves. Your life should always be going up and down. You should be have really happy couple months and then you went back down to about standard happiness and then you pop back up. People don't like fill their lives with enough events that truly make them happy. I think uh, a lot of people think like happiness comes from a lot of things that doesn't. I mean, happiness for most people comes from uh, like interactions with other people and like memories. So... Right. I think like the whole, your whole, you mentioned like settling and like settling for me is when your life is monotonous and you're just like, yeah, I'm baseline happy. Like if I ever say I'm baseline happy, I'm sure I've told like multiple people, like friends that they should just like shoot me in the face. Like, yeah, this is fine. I'm fine. This is fine. This is good. I'm the kind of person that like, as soon as I say that I change everything about my life. Like I just have to uproot and be like, nope, not allowed. Like I have to be cruising and and like always going for the next thing and you know always constantly being happy with what i have but also be searching for more happiness that's really i think all i'll care about at the end of my life it's funny dude i've never heard anyone kind of mention the hedonic treadmill as like a traffic i think oh, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna stick with me for a while anything um, that reverberates right it's crazy yeah pegs in a wheel yeah, All right, we're definitely clipping this for the Instagram. Um, yeah. <laughs> speaking, oh, this is going to be a smooth transition. Speaking mm. of Instagram, 
Um, what's your opinion on like the Instagram scene for photography? Man, it's bonkers, dude. I'm getting tired of it. I mean, <clears throat> the thing is, right? A lot of people have made their entire career on Instagram. That's dope. Like, that takes a lot of work. People think that like a photographer, an influencer, or whatever, is not hard work, and it is. Um, but they don't fully understand the work that goes into it. I don't know. Like Instagram today is like it's really just like a networking tool. That's really all it is. And I think people like building into so much more. And like I'm not even the the best person to like I would I could list like eight other people that would be amazing to talk about like Instagram because they fully use it. And like I'm really trying to fully use it, but in a way it like kills me every time I do it. Like it's it's very like Social media now is all about like these quick little bursts, like going back to happiness and your whole hedonism thing. I don't even know what you said. Like hedonic, hedonic, hedonic treadmill. Hedonic treadmill. Okay. So thinking back to that, it's, these, it's, it's not big waves. It's little spikes. Oh, my post did well today. I'm, a, I'm happy. Maybe I'll go get a burger. Like it affects your whole day. Like people are just like, they base their happiness on if, 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 the algorithm of Instagram did well. Like, it's just craziness, man. Like, you got to put it onto, into perspective, you know? I, I don't know. It, it's it's a little whack. And I can only, like, other people always tell me, like, oh, you got to get on TikTok. You got to get on, like, Bing Bong or whatever it's called. I just I couldn't give less of a shit. Like, I'm sorry. Instagram is a lot. Twitter's great. I actually like Twitter a lot. Really? Oh, dude! If what's you're not so good on, about Twitter compared to it's, I'm on, I'm, I just I just recently started posting on Twitter, but like, what's so great about it, dude? Twitter is just like all about boosting each other up, which is what social media should be. I don't know if I'd agree with that statement about Twitter. Like, like I, I yes, I'm on photographer Twitter, and photographer sure. Twitter is amazing compared to mm. to Instagram Twitter. But Twitter as a platform is very hide behind a, a screen and, and type bad stuff about people. I mean, yeah, I think there there's there's sections of Twitter that are very much that way. Like people just talking shit or like making funny jokes or yeah. being political or whatever it is. But like that's the other thing that's great. Like you select who you look at on your feed. Like I only look at creators that are dope and positive. Like that's all. I, like if someone starts complaining, I'm like unfollow. Like I'm not – got enough negativity in the world as is that I see on a news headline. I don't need to see it again. Like – I just want people boosting each other up and helping each other out. Like that's the whole point of it, right? We all want to be long to a community. So we can't do that really in person unless you're an asshole and you're hanging out with all your friends right now. But like, you know, do it on Twitter, like just boost each other up, repost your shit and give each other tips and tricks. And that's what I like about that. Instagram is not really that way anymore. I mean, it's fine, but it just feels very fake. Like everyone comments the same shit and it's just like, it's just like sick tones, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like sick dude. Oh, I love that. Like, I don't know. I see people post like rippers on Instagram and people are like, damn, this is nasty dog. And it's like, it's nasty. Like you saw that in a movie, you pants. Like this is the craziest shot I've seen in a while. And you're just, damn, this is nasty. Fuck you. Like, come on. I post cool shit. I know about 40 people that post nasty work every single day. And they just, it's like, I think it's just, uh, it's turned monotonous. It's gotten to that point in the hedonistic treadmill or whatever the hell that is, that it's just stagnant. Like it's not growing anymore. They, like 
Instagram ads reels and everyone's like, oh, sick reels, blah, blah, blah. I'll just repost all my old TikTok shit and not even take out the little TikTok logo in the bottom right corner. It's whack. I'm like, guys, this is not complicated. Like film new videos, film new work. Like the whole point of like Instagram adding those new features is so that you'll try out new things, right? They're trying to craft who you are, right? So if it's all just photos, people are just posting photos. Then they're like IGTV, which was whack. No one uses that. Uh, and then they did reels, pretty much trying to take TikTok out of business. It's like, that's great. Film more, like try new things. That's the positive way of looking at Instagram. But I mean, for the most part, it's just a dumpster fire. Like, it's just stupid. But Do you think it's going to get to a point where you're just going to like, you know, say screw it and, and like just jump off Instagram, but like continue photography and exploring. But like, you know, I wonder about that. The thing is, is I think if it weren't for Instagram, there wouldn't be as many photographers. Oh, for sure. I, like, I started photography like half, like the reason I'm into it, like actually into it is because of Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I don't know, there's negative things you can say about any social media app, but the most positive thing is like, you know, it made more creatives and like, that comes with its own negatives, but it's not a totally negative thing. Like if I didn't have Instagram, I probably wouldn't shoot as much. So I'm really thankful for Instagram in kind of an inverse way. And in that it's like, it pushes me to shoot and create. And I've met a lot of really cool people. Like my roommate and my friend is here right now, completely through social media, would not know them. I'd say 95% of my friends I've met through Instagram. I've met girlfriends. I've met employers. I got my job through Instagram, my first design job. Yeah, I got the same. I got my, my job as a marketing specialist through an Instagram story. Exactly. It's like, that's, so it's crazy. Like, I think a lot of people focus on the negatives when it comes to social media and not the positives. It's like, you shouldn't let up and be like, the negatives aren't real, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're there and we need to be aware of them. But also like, no one focuses on the positives of it. So it's it's a black and white. I think I'll probably be on be on Instagram for the long run. It depends though. I mean, it changes like every month. Um, I mean, like two months ago, we didn't have to deal with like the shop feature and like them changing notifications. And... Yeah. If you're buying shoes on Instagram, <laughs> I don't know who you are. I mean, these like young kids. Are they really buying shit? Like, is it really happening? I don't, I don't know a single person who has bought through um, and who's bought anything through Instagram. But to be honest, from Instagram's point of view, it makes sense. Because there is going to be a select group of people in Instagram's whole who buy it. And that select group of people in such a big scale of all of Instagram's users is going to make them a lot of money. And the people who oh, hate it, they're not losing money by hating. Like, even if you hate it, you're not, like, going to ruin Instagram's money because they know you're still going to use it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's it's a really smart idea. I mean, it's I not think great for the users. No, it's not great for the users. Like, there should be, like, if I could make all the decisions for Instagram. There would be a strict like photography Instagram, a normal people Instagram. Like have you ever like on your, do you have multiple accounts? Do you have a personal account as well? I'm going to, I do, but yeah. people don't know about it. I have That's like fine. 30, 40 followers exactly. on it. And the reason you have 30 or 40 followers is because seeing normal people go about their lives is, is bringing you as much joy as seeing someone shoot a ripper out in the mountains. It's yeah. like, you need those separations. And when it's all like jumbled together, it's like you're not getting, you're not reaching the right people anyway. So if there should be like a photography Twitter or like a creatives Twitter and you have to like apply for it and get in. Like if you're starting to be a photographer and you're not very good, you like hit a lower tier. 
That's how I would break it up. Like it would literally be like, there's just friends hanging out, posting pictures of puppies, like cookies and their mom. That's like utopia, creative utopia. Exactly. Then the creative utopia. And I, I could see them starting to do that because they already have like, they've started kind of like itching at the fact that they're going to start separating like tiers of people. Like the influencers no will have, oh yeah, like the influencers and the people that are at like millions of followers or whatever, like they're going to be in one tier. Like that's the other thing that's so funny about it is like those reposting pages, which people think are going to net them a lot of followers if they get reposted or whatever it is. Um, there were only, the shitty thing about that is they're only seeing the work that already has so such a high level of engagement that they can find yeah. it. Because if everyone's hashtag totem made or whatever the hell it is, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't do hashtags that like for repost yeah. or whatever. But like, um, if uh, like someone gets like eight k on something, that page is going to see it, and they just repost that work. And like none of the young photographers get it. So if you tier it, then it starts to separate the different levels of photography's skill. What if everything, instead of like you know like a forward progression, what if it just not through Instagram, but what if there was like a reverse um way of doing like what if someone made another app and it was social media but for people is that something like you would do like social media but for people like actually what social media was meant to be from the beginning like no ads populating your feed every 20 seconds like i mean that's the thing is that those companies need to make money and that's the thing ads aren't the only way a company can make money. Like you can charge like 50 cents, a million users, 50 cents each. That's, that's, that's a good amount of, of, uh, yeah, it's a one-time fee though. Right. So if they have 500, subscription, users, right? would you, yeah, oh, I, I posted, I posted this on my story before I was like, if Instagram or TikTok charged a dollar per month, would you buy it? 60% of people said no, but I know most of those 60% and I know for a fact that they would, pay much more than a dollar to continue using instagram yeah i mean if you... it increased the ads like if yeah. i didn't see the ads i don't mind seeing my friends like ads that they shoot like i'm like cool that's all i'm like i'll support you like, yeah. like you're trying to get good engagement on that so you can get paid more and that's that's all that's what i'm here for so let me help you out but like when i see like stupid ass sappos ads like i don't care like i never saw an ad and i'm like oh man i need some shoes like never I don't care. Like, it's a weird concept. And so, yeah, I'd probably pay, like, I'd probably pay $5 a month to never, ever see an ad. I do that shit with Hulu. I don't have Hulu anymore because it's like, why would I have that? Did you know, like, okay, you can pay for Hulu, right? It's like, I don't know, $10 or some shit. And it has ads. Yeah. But they pay a little bit more. They're like, we'll take the ads off. I'm like, that is some, I don't know how they got away with that. That's some wild shit. I've never heard of, like, that's crazy. I don't know who marketed that, but they're a genius because somehow people fall for that. But like, if Instagram did that, like, oh, if you give us $1, you only see one ad. But if you give us $2, no ads. Like, they could easily do that and make like a billion dollars in a day. But the thing is, is they would have to with that, as soon as people start paying for something, it's no longer free, it better, it better hop up its game. Like Netflix is raising its prices, right? And there's yeah, Meryl Streep in like five movies. I was like, the Streep is in these movies? Like, this is dope. Like, I'm all for it. But I don't know. I, I can't see how Instagram would improve itself to a point of being a paid thing. Yeah. I'm not for it. I'm going to do it. $2 a month, who cares? I mean, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, right? Because essentially Instagram's model is selling your user data. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's how they're making money. That's like at this point, there should be no ads on Instagram. They're making billions of dollars purely because they're selling our data. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're we're slowly starting to come to the to the end of the episode. So I have two two more questions. Okay. okay. First one is it's kind of a weird one. Um, three things that you need in your life. It can it can't be your camera. You know, it can't be your phone. It can't be like like just broad things it has to be specific. One of the best ones so far was an app on someone's phone where they could eject like water out of the speakers after a shower by by p- playing some frequency. Fucking what? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? <laughs> that, like, if they were on a desert island, to be like, all right, well, the desert island unfortunately came with a shower, but thank God I've got this app that pushes water out of my phone. Don't have, don't have a phone in the shower. There's your solution. Don't have a phone in the shower. How long are you showering that you need your phone in there? Man, I don't know who you're talking to, but they got some problems they got to deal with. That's <laughs> I've never heard of that. I, I actually, though, I have heard of that. I had a best friend once, and he's no longer my best friend because he was watching Netflix in the shower. And I was like, Aren't, our water bill is $200 a month, bud. Like, you're not watching, you know, Kareem and coffee and showering. How long are you showering? How many showers does it take for you to finish an episode of Curb? It's crazy shit. I've never heard of that. But I don't know. The top three things in my life? I mean, it could be as simple as an album, but like, you know, kind of specific, you know? Album. <clears throat> Damn, that's wild, dude. I don't know. The thing is, is like, as soon as you everyone have always people, starts looking around the room, like once I ask the question, mm. I probably have a phone would be really important. Not because That's I want it to be like connected to social media, just be able to call people. Yeah. Okay. So like a, like an actual like dial up phone. Oh dude. If honestly, if I could go back to a razor, I would. Oh man. If I could just do Instagram on a laptop and have a razor, just, Oh my God. I would be, I would probably own, a Fortune 500 company at this point, easily. The amount of time I've wasted just sitting on a phone looking at stupid shit on Reddit is countless. I would easily be far more successful if I just still had a Razer phone. But alas, here we are. So probably a Razer phone. Uh, okay. Thing. But now the next two things, like it has to be stuff you use, like you actually use that you just can't give up. Use that I can't give up. Damn, man, there's not a lot. All this stuff could go. I'd be okay. I'd be less comfortable, but I don't know. Headphones. Headphones. That's a good one. Yeah. I have headphones in all day, man. These Sony, Sony, or not Sony's, Jesus. Uh, Bose, incredible. Yeah. All day. Amazing. All the time. I, I can't not listen to music. And the phone would have music on it. So maybe it is an iPhone. Um, I don't know. Like a soccer ball or a hacky sack. Something to do. I don't know. Kendama? Whatever. Oh, Kendama. That just unlocked a memory I forgot I had. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's what's great about memories. Awesome. Okay. And then the last question is, what is your advice? You know, the typical podcast ending question. What's your advice? Oh, wait. Sorry. No, there's two more. I lied. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Before I ask that question, uh, this is a question I actually heard from SecOps, and I've, I've stolen it ever since. Mm-hmm. If you could have a SecOps, he's like a photographer. Um, is he is his father cyclops <laughs> no Sec-ops? no it's like his name backward it's his name is spoke his last name is spokes so then okay. so then his his, his hat his at is, is secops 
Um, he's right. pretty well known in like the the, photo- the San Francisco community. He That's asked me, um, "Would you rather have a million dollars, or, or no? Would you rather have a million followers on like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, like TikTok, like what platform?" Oh, if I had to choose a platform that I had a million yeah. followers on, oh, you're gonna say Instagram. Yeah, That's of a course you question. Be yeah, well, it is. Yeah. Because, and there's I mean, only one answer. If you say a million followers on Twitter, you should be... You a should million be... followers on YouTube. I'd say a million followers on oh, YouTube. Actually, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Because yeah, like, right. that's, that's very sustainable. It's like a full sense of income. Like That's very sustainable. The amount of people I know that are smart, I don't get me wrong. Like, if you're able to make it on YouTube and do that whole thing and like... Like, I have a friend who shoots for 2Hype. I don't even know who 2Hype is. I don't know what that is. I don't know what do that you, is Apparently, they make lots of money. They have a whole mansion. They have Lamborghinis and shit. And I was like, I've never even heard of these people. How is that possible? And he shoots all their stuff full time. He's dope. You should actually bring him on your podcast. His name's What's his uh, name? Efron, but with a zero. Oh, he's dope. I think I've yeah. seen the at. I think I've yeah. seen the at. Yeah, right. he's uh, he's dope. But uh, I don't even know what they do. Like, I was like, well, what kind of videos do they make? And he was like, just anything. I'm like, people watch this? Like, do people really get a shit? I don't play yeah. basketball today in my mansion. Like, who cares? But, I mean, if they're doing it, they're doing it. I don't know. A million followers on YouTube would be pretty dope. That's sustainable, like you said. I mean, you can make a lot of money just from, I don't know, filming yourself take a shit. I don't know. What would you do? <laughs> I, okay, like, for me, if I was actually on YouTube, I feel like I'd either make, like, like introspective, like, content about, like, introspective subjects. That's, like, some I like reading about, like, you know, act, like, like I told you about the hedonic treadmill, that type of stuff. You can just or, read a book on your YouTube channel. Today we're going to be doing an, an audio reading of this book, like I don't know, like "Show Your Work" by Austin Kleon just gets taken down the next day. Yeah, yeah. Nah. Or I do like films, like you know, short films, cinematic stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Awesome. Pretty cool. What What would you do if you had a million on YouTube? Um, I'd be much more into directing. Like, if I didn't love photography so much, like when I was a kid, my dream job was to be a director. And it still is. Like if I had the opportunity to direct a movie, um, which would realistically never happen because I would be like, oh, it's got to have like $50 million budget. I'm going to need like stunt doubles, like scale would have to be big. Because again, it's like, if I'm going to shoot something, I have to have exactly what I need in order to do it. That would be my thing. But if I was on YouTube and I had a million followers, shit, man, I'd just be... I do cinematic stuff all the time. I do like yeah. short films and stuff. And I'd use like, I try to make it so that <clears throat> as soon as you have, like if I had a million followers on Instagram, I would constantly do like David Dobrik. I don't even know who that guy is, but he's just constantly giving money away and shit like that. Like that's what people should be doing with their fame or like social media. Yeah. yeah. It's like do that stuff. Um, so I think I would like, I don't know get a shitload of ads and like post videos, but like watch the hell out of this. So I get a bunch of ad revenue because that ad revenue is going to fund my friend who wrote a movies movie and then I'll film it for her for free and then I promote it on my page. Like I would make it some type of like upcycling page that just helped everyone that was involved. Man. Uh, Imagine if more people did stuff like that. The, the social media space would be a very different place. I think you get annoying after a while. Just everyone just like circle jerking each other off like i'm so great i'm so great like it would just get annoying after a while i don't know a bunch of me's eh. i pass I, don't know. I think i think it would be good maybe not like exactly what you're saying but like you know people like mr beast it's 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 refreshing to see content that's like helping other people oh yeah yeah definitely i think people like it in the short term but we'll yeah. see how it plays out in the in the long term 
For sure. And then the last question is the the typical podcast ending question. What's your advice for anyone who kind of wants to be in the same position that you're in, you know? Same position. Um, I mean, take my the advice that my dad gave me um, when I was gearing up to go to college. He was like, major something, major in something that you don't hate and you're good at and can make you money and minor in something that you absolutely love but would never depend on. That's honestly how you should go about doing most things in our life. It's a bit analytical, but like that's kind of what I did. I didn't, I mean, I minored in photography because it was pretty easy to do, but like that's kind of how I go about my life. I don't depend on photography for anything long-term and like design, I wouldn't design in my free time, right? But like I can design all day and be super happy. I just love it. So satisfying. Working with clients, working with contractors, going to a construction site and being like, nope, did this wrong. This is how it's supposed to be detailed. This is how it's supposed to be built. Eventually seeing like my designs, my vision that was in my head actually being implemented in the physical world. It's like crazy. I mean, I can't, there's no other feeling like it for me other than photography. So I don't know. I, I'd say that would be my advice is like, you know, don't depend on the things that you love more than anything because you should love them for free that's Boom. awesome there you go that's your voice clip. that's deep bro clip that for instagram Holy. <laughs> awesome man so where can uh, you mentioned twitter you know where where can people find you on socials um tilty with two y's h-i-l-t-y-y um i think twitter's the same shit might be a four y's or something someone got <laughs> hilty and they're, I'm pretty sure they did it so that they like, thought I would buy it or like, I don't even know what it is. You're not buying it, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I know someone that did do that though. They bought like a first name, like a very standard first name. They got it off the dark web. I won't, I'm not going to say who it is, but their name is just literally like David. Like, that's not actually their name. No, yeah, yeah, but like a basic name. name that's that popular. I, I actually just bought a, a I, I have a, prog- a project that I'm working on that nobody knows about. And I just bought the app for that. $60 to some like girl in Australia or, or England or something. But I had to, right? I mean, branding purposes. But yeah, it wouldn't make sense for like a personal account. Exactly. Yeah, it's like crazy. But uh, yeah, Hilti. So Twitter, yeah, it's like four wise. It's going there. It's like cool shit. And like, I don't know, every once in a while. And I'm just pretty much boosting everyone up that's that's around me. I think that's what Twitter's for. So yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Cool. Come hang so, out. Awesome. So thanks everyone for listening especially if you got this far. Thanks especially to Cole for coming on and sitting through this one hour long podcast. Uh, like I mentioned before, or like he mentioned, you can find Cole on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Omar Thanks again for listening. If you're going to go out, please wear a mask. Stay safe. Peace. <laughs>